You know, one thing we know for sure is that without the Holy Spirit, we don't have the power, we don't have enough in us to become the people that God sees us to be. And when He sends us the power and the person of the Holy Spirit, we can accomplish so many things and become the people that He is creating us to be. We forget about that because we live in a world that gives us circumstances to determine how we feel. But what God does is He says, I'm going to give you my spirit. So regardless of what your circumstances are, you're going to have the strength, you're going to have the power, you're going to have the vision to be the person I made you to be regardless of your circumstances because I'm doing something great in your life. The reason why we get to worship Him, the reason why we do what we do here is so that we can find God, so that we can build this relationship with Him. Everything we do here has that purpose and value to it. Yesterday, we had what we call Spruce Up Day. We spruce up the place because we know that God is going to send people, and that's you today. You're here because God drew you to himself. So we prepare the place so that we can invite our family and friends so that when we come here, we see that God has provided a place for us to steward well so that we can find him, so that new people can come to know him as Lord and Savior. So I wanted to give you a brief recap of what took place last uh, yesterday, what took place on your hearts in serving him to prepare the place in this season. You can have a seat, and then let's take a look at this. So we want to say thank you to everyone who came out yesterday. We're going to pray over our tithes and offerings because this is why we give to him so that people can find Jesus Christ. So would you bow your heads with me as we pray? Lord God, thank you for giving us this opportunity to give to you. What a privilege it is. So as we give to you, even in this season where it may be very difficult for people financially, we ask that you would provide, you'd provide work, you give us wisdom to steward the finances that you bless us with wisely. And that you would use these finances to further your kingdom. So we ask for your blessing on this time over the word that will be shared this morning. We pray this in Jesus' name. And we all sit together. Amen. Well, today...
for some of you who, if you've been here at this church for a while, today you will know our speaker, our speaking pastor. His name is Alex Pacheco. He was the former senior pastor of this church between 1997 and 2009. And in that time, he was able to not just grow the church, but raise up men and women to continue to carry that torch. And when he passed the baton in 2009 to myself as the lead pastor, it almost felt like I'm not going to see him anymore because he was doing other things. He was our district supervisor at that time too. But what a joy it is to have this man at this church. He is my greatest mentor and the reason why I'm standing here today. So I want you to welcome with me Pastor Alex Pacheco as he brings the Word of God today. Pastor Alex, so good to have you with us today. And thank you for being here at our church. Thank you. Have fun. (laughs) Have fun, he said to me. Okay. So I'm going to have fun. But thanks so much for um, having us up here. Um, When Pastor Sheldon asked me to, um, if I would like to speak, I said, what took you so long, bro? (laughs) I didn't. I didn't say that. I just said yes right away. And it's just um, so good to be here. We've been back for um, a couple of months now, and we come to the first service. So it's good that I get to see the second uh, service and then the third service and who's uh, here. And so today we're going to be in the book of Matthew. Matthew is the first um, book in the New Testament. And I'll give you time to get there. We're going to be talking about the three wise men because it's Christmas. How many of you know the story about the three wise men? Only you nod your heads. Nobody raise their hands anymore. Yeah. Well, I'm going to tell you some things that we know about the wise men and some things that we don't know about the wise men. Um, They were called magi, uh, also known as the three kings. But I think that the best term that we can know them by is that they were the original seekers. They were seeking God and they were searching for the truth, searching for a savior. The Bible tells us that they were known as magi. They, they were very well educated and they were very wealthy and they're also known to be very wise. We don't know where they came from except that they came from the east. We do know that they had crossed the Middle Eastern desert for the trip that they had to take to get to um, baby Jesus. And that trip would have taken them four to six months to get to Israel. We don't know how many of the wise men there were. I know what you're thinking right now. There were three. No, the Bible says there were three gifts. But wise men, these magi, they traveled in groups. And they... um, traveled in groups for many purposes that one was that for protection so that um, in case robbers or you know because they were rich and so they we don't we would think that there were maybe like 12 uh, wise men that had traveled together to um, to Jerusalem, uh, to Bethlehem We do know this about the wise men. 
um, about these, the things that they did. And so what I want to share with you this morning is that these wise men did three things that caused them to find God. And that's what we're interested in. And if you will do these same three things, you will find God. The first thing they did, that they, they sought the truth. If you want to find God today, you got to seek the truth. The Bible says that the truth will set you free. And so you got to go after the truth. you got to become a seeker. And you got to take things seriously when you do it. There is a big difference between seekers and speculators. <clears throat> there are many more speculators in the world than there are seekers. Speculators are people who say, well, I think God is like, or they say, well, my idea of God is like, or I really imagine God to be like. I want to just say this to you. Just because you think something does not make it true. There's a difference between a speculator and a seeker. Speculators just guess. They guess what God is like. But seekers are people who diligently search for the truth. They search for answers. And they don't just make assumptions. They take the time and the effort to find the truth. And that's what these wise men did. So we're going to read Matthew chapter 2. I hope I gave you enough time to get there starting from verse 1. And that is the story of the wise men. It says, after Jesus' birth. So I want to stop right there and just say that, um, you know, when we look at the nativity scene, we have the three wise men standing there with the, with the shepherds. Well, the wise men were not there at that time. And you say, what? Yeah, we put them in there so that we could get the whole story of Jesus. But it says, after Jesus' birth, remember now, Jesus, Jesus, it was, Jesus was born in a stable, and all the um, shepherds and the, the animals were there. The wise men came later, four to six months later, when they arrived in Bethlehem. So, again, reading the, the verse from verse 1. After Jesus' birth, wise men from the east arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is the child born to be king of the Jews? We observed this star rising and have come to worship him. Now in this verse, you're going to find three things that genuine seekers do. The first is genuine seekers, they watch for what is happening in the world. They saw a star, a star that was different than all the other stars. And they were alert to it. The second thing genuine seekers do is they ask questions. They said, what do you think this means? And they started asking around, what does this sign mean? Where is it? Where do we go? And the third thing that they did, they did whatever it took to find the answers. And if you are a genuine seeker, I encourage you to do these three things. Do whatever it takes to find out the truth about why am I here, 
Where am I going? Where? And is there a God? Does he care about me? You know, when Jesus was born, the religious center of the universe at that time was just six miles from where he was born. He was born in Bethlehem, and Jerusalem was six miles away. All of the religious scholarships in the world at that time were concentrated in Jerusalem. And this is what I want to point out. It was only six miles from Jesus' birth, but not one religious leader traveled six miles to search for Jesus. These wise men, they were not even believers. They were, they were considered pagans from the foreign country. But because they were genuine seekers, they found Jesus. Now think about this. The wise men probably took four to six months to get there. Okay? That revealed a very serious commitment in searching for the truth. The problem with us today is we all want to know the truth, but we don't have the time to take the time to find it. We all want to know God, but we don't want to take the time to find out about him. And so what people say is, I want to know the truth, but we are too busy to search for the answers. And the most tragic thing in life is to go all through life never figuring out why am I here? Never figuring out, figuring out why is, uh, what is the reason that I'm here? What is the meaning of life? And when you feel unfulfilled, I want to tell you something. Only God can fill that emptiness. And that's really what you're searching for. So the good news is this, good news. While you're trying to search for God, God is searching for you. In fact, God wants you to get to know him. He wants you to have a relationship with him. Look at what he promises in Jeremiah 29, verse 13. When you search for me with all your heart, you will find me. That's good news. God wants you to know him and he wants you to love him and he wants you to trust him and he wants you to follow him and he wants to have a relationship with you and that is what Christmas is all about. The essence of Christianity is a relationship, not a religion. God is not interested in religion. He is not into religion. Religion is man's attempt to get to God. Religion is rules and regulations and rituals. God is interested in a relationship with you. And when you grasp that fact, that's when you're going to really start enjoying Christmas. Now that's the first thing that the, the wise men did. The second thing the wise men did is they experienced the joy. So let me explain to you what that is. God wants to help you to get to know him 
So he gives you a sign. He always does this to any genuine seeker. He gives you a sign, a clue, so that you can find him. And the wise men in their case, their travel guide was a Come on, I'm testing you if you listen. Star. Good. It was a star. Very special star. No star ever did what this star did. The Bible says it led them. It led them from the east directly to Jerusalem. Then you know what it did? It turned south. Because Bethlehem is south of Jerusalem. And they went and followed it all the way into where Jesus and Mary and, and Joseph was. You will never ever see a star like that again. It was a special star. And on top of that, we don't have any indication from the Bible that anybody else saw the star besides the wise men. It doesn't say that Herod or the people in Israel saw the star. The Bible says the shepherds saw the angels, not mentioning the star. Only the people, to our knowledge, that actually saw the star were the wise men. Special, custom-made star for them. And God often does this. All throughout history, God has used different kinds of instruments to get his people's attention whether it was the opening of the Red Sea or bringing down manna from heaven or a pillar by fire at night or a cloud by day, God has always done different kinds of signs. He always rewards genuine seekers with clues, with a travel guide, a star. And chances are you have a star in your life. You might not ever recognize it. But God put it there to bring you to him. That star might be a book that you read or a person that you know or an experience that you had or a TV show that you've seen or a movie. It might be some event. It might be church. I have no doubt that God has brought people across your path in order to be a travel guide to bring you to him. Might be a grandma. Might be a believing parent. A believing wife or a believing husband. Or a neighbor or a friend. Or somebody at work. Or even a child. But God does not leave genuine seekers without a travel guide. So my question to you this morning is, what is the star in your life? Now there are three possible reactions when God starts to guide your life. You can react like Herod, who was afraid. He was afraid of what was happening. Or you can react like the religious leaders to be skeptical. Or you can react like the wise men did, and that was they celebrated. They rejoiced. They experienced the joy of being led by God. In Matthew chapter 2, verse 10, 
It says, and when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. If, if you are a believer, I want to challenge you sometime this Christmas to thank God for all the stars in your life. Thank God for the people or the events that caused you to find Christ, that led you to our Savior. And rejoice with exceedingly great joy for those people. If you're not a believer, if you're just a seeker, I want to say to you, use the star. Take advantage of it. Let it lead you to God to find the basic questions of life to answer it in your life. Use that star. Because God loves you. And he has a plan. And he has a purpose for your life. And he will use anything to get your attention. Even if it means pain. Some of you have had a tough year. You have had marriage problems, maybe even went through a divorce. Or you had problems with your children, problems with your health. Or maybe you had difficult financial difficulties. Maybe goals and dreams that you had just didn't fit, didn't get to come together. And you have been stressed out. Anybody can relate to stress. You ever considered that the stress may be a star? Maybe God is trying to get your attention. God is trying to get your attention even in the middle of all the problems that you have in your life. And at Christmas time, I have good news, good news. It's found in Luke chapter 2. We're talking about the wise men, but now we're going to talk about the angels. The angels said this at Christmas. And remember now, that was the very first Christmas. It says, I bring you the most joyful news ever announced. And it is for everyone. What does everyone mean? Everybody. Yeah. Your Savior has been born tonight. Why is Christmas such good news? Because of what Christ came to do. He came to be our Savior. He came to save us. Now what does that mean? To have Christ as our Savior. Well, it means three things. God says, I want to give you forgiveness for everything that you ever done wrong in your past. And then he says, I want to give you purpose and power to live today. And then he says, I want to give you the security of knowing your home in heaven and it's there for you when you die. So what it's telling us, forgiveness for your past, help for the present, and security for your future. You know what that's called? It's called salvation. And that's good news. In John 10.10, Jesus said, I came to give you life in all its fullness. You know that most people, they don't live. They just exist. They don't enjoy life. They just endure life. 
This Christmas, God invites you to not only seek the truth, but to experience joy. If you want to find God at Christmas, number three, you got to recognize the gift. Recognize who the baby really was. The Bible says he was God. God came to earth in human form so we could get to know him. He came to earth in human form so nobody would be afraid of him because nobody is afraid of a baby. What do you do when you see one baby? You go up, you like, touch, you like, carry. You want to play with that baby. Nobody is afraid of a baby. In Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 and 16, it says, Christ is the exact likeness of the unseen God. He existed before God made anything at all. And in fact, Christ himself is the creator who made everything in heaven and earth. I'm going to tell you something. This baby made you. That's amazing. That's the amazing thing about Christmas. That God would be so humble. He humble himself and become one of us and put himself in the hands of a normal human being as an innocent, helpless little child. You got to recognize this gift that God gave us. Now, speaking of gifts, why do we give gifts at Christmas? Because it was God's idea. He started the whole thing. He gave the very first Christmas gift. The Bible says, For God so loved the world, He gave. He gave His only Son. He took the initiative. And that's what it's all about. God gives us his Christmas gift. Now, in order to enjoy God's Christmas gift, you've got to be able to receive it. Let me demonstrate to you. If I had a Dooley Dodge Ram four-wheel drive diesel truck, and I had it up here on stage with me. And then I would say to you, okay, the first person that comes up here can have this gift. What would happen? You guys would all mob me. <laughs> because you know it's a gift. It's something that if you come and get it, you're going to get it, right? Well, let me tell you something. If you don't come and get it, it's not going to be yours. The same is true about God's gift at Christmas. What if you gave me a gift this Christmas and then six months down the road you see me and you say, Pastor Alex, how did you like that gift that I gave you? And I tell you, oh, I'm so sorry. I was so busy. I, I didn't have time to open it. I know what you would say. It's the last time I'm going to give you anything. People do this with God's gift year after year after year. I know people who celebrate Christmas every year. They put up the lights, they put up a Christmas tree, 
They sing the Christmas carols. They go to church. They do all those things at Christmas, but they never have received the gift. Some of you, you recognize the gift, and you say the words, I believe Jesus is who he says he was. I believe that he was God. I want to tell you something. 98% of Americans say, I believe. I believe that Jesus is who he said he was. He was God. 98%. But you may have not yet received him into your life. And that's what I encourage you to do. Invite him into your life. Receive him. It's interesting to me that the wise men didn't worship the star. They didn't worship Joseph. They didn't worship Mary. No. The Bible says they bowed down before the baby because Jesus is our Savior. So this Christmas, I want to invite you to recognize the gift who Jesus really was and then receive God's gift. Receive his son into your life and into your heart and let him fill you with love. Recognize and receive the gift. The wise men did and you will be wise if you do so too. And Chris, Christmas is Jesus' birthday. I'm going to say that again so everybody understands. Christmas is Jesus' birthday. You know what has happened? What do we say now at Christmas time? We say happy holidays. We leave out Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. We leave that out. We're forgetting about what Christmas truly was all about. I don't know about you, but for me, it's Merry Christmas. It's all about Jesus. It is his birthday. So let me ask you this question. What are you planning to give Jesus for his birthday? I know what you've been doing. You've been making a list, right? Who are you going to give gifts to and what kind of gifts you're going to get for them. But what about Jesus? It's his birthday. What do you give a a guy who has everything. He's God. And God has everything. I'm going to tell you something. God does not have everything. God does not have your life unless you give it to him. God does not have your trust unless you give it to him. God does not have your worship unless you give it to him. God does not have your service unless you give it to him. God does not have your treasures and talents and time and your abilities unless you give it to him. And so this, today, I'm I'm just going to challenge you to give your life to Christ. He gave his life to you. And as your Christmas gift to him, give him your life. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and to close your eyes and we're going to pray. And in order for me to do this prayer, I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Not nobody looking around. This is a prayer that's going to be between you and Jesus. I'm going to pray what I call a seeker's prayer. 
And if you have never opened your life to Jesus and you never received his gift to you, you can pray this prayer along with me. It doesn't matter the words that you say. What matters is your heart. To say, dear God, thank you for bringing me here. I knew something was missing in my life and I just didn't know it was you. Thank you for seeking me even when I have ignored you. Today, I just, I want to say I recognize the gift that you sent at Christmas, that Jesus Christ, you are God. Today, Jesus, I want to accept you into my life, and I want to accept your gift of forgiveness for all the things that I have done wrong. I want to accept your gift of help to help me in the present time and I want to accept your gift of eternal life for the future. I want to follow you. I want you to help me and to lead me and to guide me. If you prayed that prayer, you just received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, right after this service, I'm going to be sitting there with Pastor Selden. And if there's anybody that just asked Jesus to come into your life, I want you to come up to us. You don't have to do anything. Just say, that's, that's me. And we want to pray over you. We want to just thank, you, thank the Lord that you made the best decision of your life. Thank you so much for having me share again and so good to be with all of you. Pastor Shelley. Wow, what a, it's always an honor to have you here, Pastor Alex, always an honor. And it is a rare thing to have the former senior pastor still attend the church that they pastored. And so it is always a privilege and an honor to be with you and to still learn from you. I love it. I love it. Um, but we get to celebrate this season with all of us seeking the Savior and searching for who He is. Continue that relationship with Him. Because if anything, when all things in this world start to fade away, it is the Word of God and who He is that will outlast everything. And so we want to make sure we're connected with Him. Have a beautiful day, everyone. God bless you guys. Check everything out outside. Be safe when you drive, especially in this season. And we want to say have a great day to those of you who are online. God bless everybody. Have a wonderful day.